Hello everyone and we just want to um, welcome each one of you again as you join with Kate and myself and we trust that you will be encouraged as you meet around God's word and you hear God's word. We just want to let you know that we do thank the Lord for each one of you that come on with us each week and we thank the Lord for our family, our friends, for all our children and grandchildren and for those who are serving the Lord throughout this world. We just appreciate one, each one and we pray that each week that you will be encouraged and that you'll grow a little bit more um, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Hi again everyone, really nice to be with you and uh, have another chance to um, just have a glimpse of God's word or a, a little portion of it. I'm thinking today about um, Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. I want to read them to you and we're thinking about the, the whole subject of you and I have been incredibly joyous in whatever circumstances, whatever is happening in our lives, which isn't always easy, but I believe it's part of God's plan and part of his greater plan. So let me read what Paul writes here in um, uh, Philippians 1 verses 12 and 13. He says, but I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ, that I'm, I'm being held here and bound in Christ, if, if you want. That's what Paul wants to make, to make known. That the past year and a half or whatever has been really challenging for everybody, uh, it seems, with the whole coronavirus, COVID-19, and life has changed dramatically. Perhaps, um, you know, we haven't been able to see people, we haven't been able to do things, go places that we wanted to. So we felt that somewhat, somehow this has all been out of our control. It's just been taken out of our hands and we're launched into this setting, if you want. I think that's what Paul felt like right here too. But in it all, Paul wants you and I to recognize, hey, God's in control. He's got his plan. None of this has taken him by surprise. And his plan will be incredibly joyful for your life and my life somehow, sometime, and it will bring glory to him. That's what Paul wants to emphasize. So he's inviting us to find this joy and somehow be real joyous in our walk with God and in the circumstances we find ourselves in. I'm sure that most of us at some point in time have come across the great writing by um, John Bunyan called Pilgrim's Progress. It's a classic for the, the church, it seems. It's a, a magnificent writing. We're all familiar with um, Pilgrim in there and the struggle in life. And it shows us, um, Bunyan wants to bring to our attention, uh, the directive or give us understanding as to how we should live and walk and uh, serve God in this Christian life. Uh, the author John Bunyan, however, and the Apostle Paul who writes our text here today, I think they had a lot in common. They've both written words of encouragement to the Christian church. They've really helped the church along the way. They've both, both written from the circumstance of their being imprisoned for their faith in, in Jesus um, and, and living publicly, if you want, for him. And both men have become familiar with the, the dampness and the, seemingly the loneliness of a, a dark, cold prison cell way back in history. Both men felt the, the coldness of the, the metal chains rubbed continually on their, their, their flesh. Both men felt the, the hopelessness of their circumstances. They, they longed to be with their family, with their friends, with their brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm sure at times there was a, a tear of frustration would have trickled its way down their, their, their cheekbones of their, faith, their, their face, just in sort of that hopelessness, if you want. 
And somehow in all of that, these two men in very different centuries in different locations in the world held firm in their belief that their sovereign God, who they entirely trusted in, had permitted these circumstances to come upon them. And somehow they were for God's great glory. And they were also for the betterment of his people, the church whom both Bunyan and Paul were serving. So, so, so rich in heritage, we say thank you, John Bunyan. We say thank you, Apostle Paul, for your prison-fed writings that, that motivate us today to, to, to dig deep and to live for Christ with every opportunity we have. So Paul opens our text here with, um, the, 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 with his challenging words. I want you to know, brothers, I want you to have this knowledge, this understanding, brothers, that what has happened to me, being in this prison cell, being in this, this wrong place that I shouldn't have to be in for no wrongdoing of my own, being in this, uh, what has happened to me, has really served to advance the gospel. Somehow in all of this, he sees God's gospel being advanced. Now, let's consider Bunyan for a moment here. <clears throat> he wrote these words um, in his writing, seasonable counsel or advice to sufferers. Uh, it's a great title, seasonable counsel for a season or advice to sufferers. So if you're suffering today in some form because of your walk with Jesus, your faith in him, then permit Bunyan to speak to you. Here's what he wrote many, many centuries ago. <clears throat> we also, before the temptation comes, uh, think we can walk upon the sea, but the winds blow, and we feel ourselves begin to sink, and yet doth it, doth it yield no good unto us? That's his question. Is there no good coming from this? We could not live without such turnings of the hand of God upon us, he writes. We should be overgrown with flesh if we had not our reasonable winters. And this was the real portion I want to emphasize from him. It is said that in some countries, trees will grow, but will bear no fruit because there is no winter there. You might be in that similar winter season that Paul and Bunyan were becoming familiar with. They find themselves in this winter season of life, this winter season of their spiritual walk with God, this winter season of struggle, but they're expecting fruit to come from it. So let me invite you to think of a, a time, a place, a happening in your life uh, whenever God intervened by bringing something into your life and your life circumstances that perhaps you consider to be negative, but something through which God planned and intended to bring glory to himself through what he was doing in your life. <clears throat> Have you got it? It, it? it probably would be the one that really jumps out and hits you real quick. I suspect that's where Paul was at as he writes these words to the church in Philippi. I want you brothers, I want you to know brothers, that the things which happened to me or are happening to me have actually turned out for the furtherance or the betterment of the gospel, the advancing of the gospel. <clears throat> that's what he wants to make clear to us. So I think that's what was in his mind, perhaps, as he wrote these, these incredible words. Ruby Eliasson and Laura Edwards both sadly lost their lives in a, a, a terrible car accident in Cameroon, West Africa. They were living and serving there as, as missionaries. They were serving the Lord, ministering to the people, helping the poor people, healing the sick people, and, and reaching the, the unreached people with the, the amazing life-transforming gospel of, of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Ruby had been single her whole life and was almost uh, over 80 years old. And uh, Laura uh, was, was a widow, a medical doctor by practice, and she was almost 80 years old. Uh, the, the brakes failed in their car, causing them to career over a cliff, killing them both immediately. <clears throat> well, was that a tragedy is the question? <clears throat> Excuse me, to lose their lives in, in service for the, the Lord and Master that they loved? Was there some sort of tragedy in there? 
or was there was God doing something bigger than that? For Paul, for Bunyan, for Ruby, for Laura, I don't think there was any tragedy in any such of their circumstances, because in each case, they were convinced that their circumstance was serving and had served to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. So part of your joy, if you want, as a blood-bought follower of the risen Jesus, is, is that God is busily working. He's working on his sovereign, eternal plan of advancing his gospel through you, through your circumstances today. <clears throat> that should encourage your soul. Now, here's what Paul was declaring to the believers in Philippi with, with his use of the term advance. Here's what he was emphasizing, and they would have understood this, I believe. He's thinking about an army who, who despite the obstacles, the, the danger in their path, they will do whatever they have to do to overcome whatever it is that is in their way with the intent of advancing their cause against the enemy. We have a great enemy, and we need to advance God's cause against him. So your enemy wants you to go to that dark place as you sit chained in your prison cell. But Paul, Paul whispers to you, rise above such thinking so that everyone around you will know that your imprisonment is in the cause of Jesus Christ. That all of this is not for you, it's not for them, it's not for anybody else, but for somehow for God's glory and for the cause of the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so he writes in verse 13, the gospel has become known throughout the whole uh, imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. All these soldiers, these hardened warriors are beginning to understand, hey, this guy's in here because he believes in Christ. This guy's in prison because of this message that he's proclaiming. So as Paul looks at his chains, and then he looks at the guards that are holding him there, he saw something completely different. He saw the fingerprint of God all over his circumstances. And he, he reflected how God always comes good on his promises. <clears throat> Paul seemingly had a, a long desire, a great longing in himself to, to get to Rome and to preach the gospel there. He really wanted to do that. And he rejoiced in the words recorded by Luke in, in Acts 23, verse 11. Be of good cheer, Paul, as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, says the Spirit of God, so you must also bear witness at Rome. And Paul's enthused and he's excited. But as he writes, he's being held in a, a Roman cell. Uh, this was never, I don't think, how Paul planned to preach the gospel in Rome. He needed to be in the streets. He needed to be telling people. But he was unable to do that. But somehow, God had planned this for the servant whom he loved. And somehow God said, I'm going to bring great joy and good things out of this whole circumstance. And I believe God will do the same for us. He will bring great, credible joy out of all that you're experiencing in life, the hardships, the difficulties, the traumas, the hurts, the emotions, all of that will somehow advance his gospel as he ministers to you through the spirit that lives in you because the spirit indwells every, every true believer. <clears throat> so today, God has a great plan for your life. I really believe that. He's got an incredible plan for your life, for my life, for the life of every one of his believers. But he takes us in turns that we didn't expect. He takes us to places that we didn't anticipate going to. He takes us into life circumstances that we never would have wanted to go to. Perhaps it's an illness, perhaps a sickness, perhaps a, just some difficulty in life. Nobody knows where, where he would have taken you to except God. But he's got you there, and he says, somehow, all of this, in your struggle, and you're not being able to do all the things that you want to do, but somehow, in all of this, he says, 
I'm bringing about my joy. I'm advancing my gospel. I'm bringing glory to myself. And it's all through you, the servant whom he's redeemed and he loves incredibly. God loves you. Jesus died for you. The spirit lives in you. You've got a great future, no matter what it looks like. So as the coronavirus holds us, as COVID-19 presses in on us, as different circumstances press in on life, let's always remain in that understanding that the Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Maybe you're connecting with more people on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or whatever, but you're out there, you're getting people interested in the gospel. And then he says in verse 13, so it has become evident to the whole palace guard, all these people around you that didn't know before that my chains are in all the, the palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. I'm in Christ here. This is all for his glory. Everything is for his name's sake. So be encouraged, be challenged, be refreshed that whatever's happening in your life, God's in it somewhere. And he's going to bring beautiful, good, joyful things out of it. Things that only he can do. So be encouraged in him and be, be blessed as you walk with him. Be, be refreshed and challenged as you live for him to the, the, this very day. Let me pray for you. And then you can go into the week and hopefully be joyful in whatever comes along. It'll be challenging, but be encouraged. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I bring all of these dear children of yours that are watching. I just pray that you'll bless them, minister to them, encourage them, lift them up, Lord, help them in their walk with you, enable them to bring great glory from the circumstances of their lives to you, Lord. I pray that all these things, that, uh, these twists and turns that come that are unexpected for us, Lord, help us to walk in them in the knowledge that you're the one leading us, you're the one directing us, you're the one ahead of us. And so, Lord, we walk there believing in you, trusting you, and counting on you to do what you have planned with it all. Help us to be that people of joy. We desperately need that, Lord, no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in. And that's difficult. That's far from easy. But Lord, with you, we know it's very possible. So we come to you this morning, come to you this evening, wherever it is we're at. And we ask, Lord, minister to me, minister through me, I pray. We pray this in and through the amazing and wonderful name of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for giving us your time again. Thank you for your listening ear. And we just pray that the Lord will really bless and encourage you in this week up ahead. Be blessed. Thanks, folks.